This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. I'm your host, Mark, and I gotta do this one quick because I'm not sure who's watching. This show's kind of weird. It's all about music and the paranormal. But the really weird part is the panel I've put together. I'm joined by former guest Morgan Gear of Drunken Prayer, first-time guest Josh Moss of The Modern Folk, and my daughter Maggie. We discuss Mothman, Bigfoot, ghosts and their loopholes, and the music written about them. I'd love you guys to check out Drunken Prayer and The Modern Folk on Bandcamp, Drunken Prayer has a great Christmas single out now, and you can pick up the entire Modern Folk discography, all 22 releases, for five bucks. And this show is a lot of fun, a little silly, a little serious, and a lot strange. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider treating us to a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. There's no commitment. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If not, keep an eye out for the men in black, because I know they're fans. I think they're here. I gotta go. All right. So Morgan is just like, I'm just going to let Mark talk. Let's <laughs> talk himself into a hole. <laughs> You're a total noob. <laughs> kind of. Anyway. So. Minecraft. My, yeah. Oh, we, got, we should get Mark in here. My son. We should. Huge into Minecraft. We can do a Minecraft and music episode. And Mothman. <laughs> You know, it's, it's funny because, um, Leon, there's a whole Minecraft playlist on Spotify. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, the songs about Minecraft. And I just thought that was kind of like brilliant because they have like billions of plays, all these stupid songs. And it's just like, I'm in the netherworld. I'm in the netherworld. <laughs> Dude, you guys should write Minecraft songs. Get them on that playlist. That would blow up. I, I only faintly know what Minecraft is. Oh. Um, it's, it's, okay, you, you remember the original Atari 2600? 
I, I may have played that a few times, yeah. The graphics are strikingly similar. It's like a 3D. Yeah, everything's in blocks, like 16-bit kind of. Yeah, it's it's so basic. It's it's unbelievable. I have no idea how it got so popular. Because it's fun. You can do whatever you want. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know I was talking a little bit with Morgan about this because you guys are both into paranormal stuff. And I think it's really cool, but I just don't know a whole lot about it. Maggie here, who just disappeared on my screen. Maggie is big into Mothman. She loves Mothman. And I know, Morgan, you don't know a whole lot about Mothman, but Josh, I think you seem to know a bit about it. So somebody jump in here and give me a kind of a background on Mothman. I can do that. Okay. Yeah, uh, let's let Maggie do it. Yay! <laughs> give so, us the elevator pitch. <laughs> basically, it started in like the 70s. These two couples were going out on this back road in West Virginia, and they were near an old plant. It was first, I think it was for a war where they had kept like a bunch of bombs that they didn't use, something like that. And they saw this big old figure just shuffling around by the factory. And they were like, oh, what is that? We should leave because it's big and it's just lumbering around. So they left. And then in the air, it was like, it started to chase them and they saw it was huge. It had these really glowing red eyes. Like they were so dark red. Like that. Like like your like my Funko little figurine thing here. Yeah. It was chasing them, but they got away from it. Mothman in space. And then they they went to the cops, and the cops. I think they they took the cops there. They saw it too, and then a whole bunch of paranormal stuff started happening to them after they saw it. So it's pretty crazy, and that started the whole rumor about and the it, Mothman. It's like a seven foot moth. Something like red that. Eyes. Yeah, with really big red eyes. So there's a couple things with it. You know, right after everybody was seeing the Mothman uh, in the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, this bridge collapsed and like a lot of people died. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, there was a Mothman so sighting. Yeah, so some people think the Mothman was like a harbinger of doom. Um, some people think he's like a traveler from other dimensions something like that nobody really knows like the truth because and, and why why mothman i assume there's wings involved mm-hmm. he has yeah. really huge yeah. wings he looks like a giant moth and and, and he's been seen uh flying or has, has he ever been seen in flight yes there's been yeah there's actually like a video I don't know if it's fake or not. What? It's old, but there's a video of him in flying. Oh, you got to pull that. I ask because when you when you I never thought about the harbinger of doom. I had heard the thing about the bridge, but uh, um, the idea of the, the uh, not maybe not exactly shadow people, but seeing a a shadow like um, figure when someone dies, or if if it's usually when someone dies, you'll 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 see that walk across the room or something. And that happened to a friend of mine who's who's. His dog died. He was especially close to. They saw like an incredibly large, dark figure in the corner. Oh wow! Who uh, walked across the room, and then later on, he went in there, and then his dog had had died. Oh, and wondering if, if there could be. That's why I asked them. Did they ever see it flying, or did they just imagine the wings? Because like, and and the and the red eyes, because 
in the Bigfoot world, red eyes come up too. And that, that to me always seems like a red flag kind of where it's like red, red eyes. is like, why would that ever happen? In na- yeah, I agree with you on that. Why would the Bigfoot's eyes be glowing? That's always a, that's a mark against, against it to me, to be honest, uh, the red eyes thing. But it, the red eyes thing is very common across different types of paranormal encounters. Like for instance, it's with the Mothman and with Bigfoot and, you know, with other things like uh, other monsters and so on that people see. Glowing red eyes seems, seems like a, a go-to in, in like the horror character world. Yeah. And so that could be like an archetypal thing. A yeah. lot of what, a lot of my interest in the paranormal is like just about the people that believe in the paranormal and why they believe in it and why it's attractive as a thing to believe in. And I think that like the idea of like archetypal things that kind of flow throughout the human subconscious is kind of important to understanding the, why people experience the paranormal. Mm -hmm. Okay. All I know is my wife and I had to go to uh, the Mayo Clinic a few weeks ago. And we had one of our stops was in Chicago at O'Hare and that same week, somebody spotted the Mothman at Chicago, you know, at O'Hare Airport. And I'm so sad I missed that. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say the video that Maggie is referring to, I believe, is the, is a Chicago Mothman. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They, so there could be more than one. There's a lot of sightings. Is that, I mean, is Potentially. That, is that the theory or is it like there's one or, because or, like, like I said, I don't know about this stuff. I think there's only one in theory, although people could think that there's multiple, but I only think there's one. But I would venture to say that the theories about this are not coherent. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Most cryptid theories aren't. Well, if you think about it as it's like, take it seriously, it's like, okay, really a thing being the only thing that almost never happens in just the world that there's only one of, of this thing there's usually a bunch of a bunch of whatever it is whether it's rocks or stars or people or germs right. there's, a, there's almost never one one of anything so you so if you if you take it for granted that this is this is a thing um well then there's probably different versions of that same thing lots of them doing similar things in in similar places that's a good yeah. point but Very I think fun. with the theory, some believe where he's like an interdimensional traveler that wandered into this world. Oh that could mean, listen, it's other people, not me. But that could. Yeah, your Mothman theory is is on point. Yes, my Mothman theory is correct, and we we all know okay. this. Yes, but some people believe he's an interdimensional traveler, so that could explain why there's only one in the people's eye. But um, I don't think he's yeah. from another dimension. Yeah, it could be only one in this dimension. Mm-hmm. that, that, that right. is, is coming through he has either figured out like he's a shaman in his world and he's walking around in a dream state that's our w- reality <laughs> or he's the stupidest mothman because he came here that is true he, he had so many to, to choose from exactly <laughs> why here of all places can i put in for a second absolutely so, i think that the mothman sightings in west virginia were also coupled with ufo sightings and a lot of people in that town had premonitions of the bridge collapsing so it was like a whole kind of 
um, moment. It wasn't just isolated. Mm -hmm. A lot Uh of people started to see a lot of different weird paranormal things after the Mothman rumor game popularity. And I think with the bridge collapsing, a lot of people saw Mothman like standing on top of the bridge just before it collapsed. And then he took flight. I remember hearing that part. Yeah. I was going to mention along with the UFOs, um, the Mothman incidents there in the, in the sixties and seventies were also the first, I believe like one of the first um, times when people started getting visits from what people call the men in black. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens. So a lot of people that saw the Mothman were visited by these men in black. And like, those are some really fascinating stories because the the way that they describe how the men in black looked and acted is just like very strange. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I can do it justice, but it's worth looking into. I've heard about, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts in addition to creating one. And there's a, there's an episode of uh, last podcast on the left where they talk all about the men in black. I think it's like a two parter at least. And it's really weird stuff. Yeah. The men in black have always kind of creeped me out with that well, part, yeah. especially after Mothman. Cause it's like, Oh, this big supernatural cryptid shows up and the, all of a sudden these weird guys who are they look strange and mysterious and they're and they talk funny yeah they talk funny and they're asking you all all kinds of questions about it it's weird i I think in one of the stories one of the guys asked the woman for uh a bottle of bleach and he drank it in front of her yeah i think that's weird stuff like that i've never heard that that's weird that's just (laughs) oh I don't know. Morgan, you got anything on Men in Black? I mean, it is West Virginia. Um, well, I would, I would, how the, it, I would like to know how quick they get to these, to the witnesses. I've heard, uh, there's also how, how it is that, um, military find, uh, UFO, supposed UFO crash sites or, or witnesses that they're, that they're really fast. So, and, and I, I believe the men in black get to these people pretty quickly, pretty soon after they have an experience, which, which would lead you to believe again, like it's that kind of assuming this, this is, phenomenon is really going on. What are the practicalities of it? It's like, well, how'd they get there so fast if they weren't aware that they were there in the first place? And it's kind of like, Hey, Hey, stop, 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 stop talking to people or, or don't be don't be we know you're there and you've overstepped your boundaries right if my memory serves i think they were like really quick on the uptake after mothman like the first sighting they visited the people who saw him like really quickly and they said so maybe mothman is a creation of the government maybe or they're aware of each other that i'm not sure about or maybe he's like captain america gone horribly bad not horrible. I'm not sure the men in, the, the men in black are are uh, uh, earthlings. Yeah, they're aliens. That would make a lot of sense too. Because how would they be so quick, like on the ball with all these? I thought we were talking about how the government got there for it. Okay, so we're still yeah, talking about how the men in black. We just, okay. just assume the the men in black are from the government. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, and even if they say they are, that doesn't make it so mm-hmm. a lot of the men in black stories lend themselves to the idea that the men in black are actually aliens right okay yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. man i'm learning a lot here tonight yeah 
But, but are you? <laughs> you might be uh, as uh, as they as I think they said on the last podcast on the left. You're learning stuff that'll make you harder to be around. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know, Josh. I've seen some of your videos where you've gone out looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. And I want to know how you got into this kind of stuff in the, in the first place. I mean, is there, what's the story behind that? Was there an encounter or is it just a curiosity thing? So I don't know, maybe it, so those, well, I got interested in Bigfoot, like a lot of people probably of my age. Cause like, you know, I watched it reruns of in search of, and I've loved Bigfoot since I was a little kid. Right. Yeah. But those videos are, um, parodies like satire cool of big of bigfoot um i'm like playing a character okay when i'm in those videos do you know what i mean like yeah. um the idea is that i'm this kind of gullible sort of bigfoot research if you notice i'm in parks within the portland city limits for all those oh okay videos so the idea is like i think i can find bigfoot in a park <laughs> within the city of portland <laughs> Like in Laurel Thurs Park. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I haven't done one there yet, but that would be a candidate. And so I, um, yeah. So it's kind of like, to me, what I would say is it's like um, my, uh, if I had to, if I had to do an elevator pitch for those Bigfoot videos I made, I would say it was me doing like a Christopher guest mockumentary of a Bigfoot researcher That's you know what i mean awesome. yeah spinal tap meets bigfoot <laughs> yes and so if you watch like through one of them you'll notice that i think i make it clear that it's a parody <laughs> like because i do a, i do a, a like a pratfall in each of them okay yeah which i believe indicates that it's not Serious. Well, you could be know. a very it good actor. Dry, it might be pretty dry. <laughs> <laughs> and all right, so and Morgan, I know you you're interested in paranormal stuff. How did you get involved in that and interested in that? Uh, I had a UFO sighting when I was about nine or ten. That's cool. And, um, a couple of more since then as an adult, and so oh, cool. you, and so when you see something that's still kind of unexplainable. Um, at an early age, when you would, well, at any age, I imagine it's kind of just like, well, everything's on the table. I guess I don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> because every, everything's on it. So you, so it's, just, it's, it's like, okay, well, let's just assume this is a thing because I have no reason not to, not to trust your word, especially when, when I talk to friends who've had uh, experiences of, of anything that, that that's not uh, uh, readily explainable is that I take them for the word at it. And it's like, okay, well, let's, I'm just going to assume that I was there too. And this is a real thing. Let's, let's explain this. And like, how, how does that work? You know, yeah. this is like, where, where, where am I, where, where am I in, in this, <laughs> you know, how, how does this involve me? How can, and um, when you're getting back to what you would initially ask us like, well, like, why do, why do people find it interesting in the first place? Or why do we find it interesting? It, it, it's that kind of, um, 
it's, it's funny because it's not like the world doesn't hold a whole lot of like just natural mysteries anyway yeah. that we have to kind of like make some up or or have to go looking elsewhere um but there is that kind of kind of mystery to it but but anyway once you see something like that it kind of opens your your eyes to it and, and um i've uh, gone with a friend of mine who's really big into um bigfoot and been looking for ghosts and stuff but uh, the, the ufo stuff just came just dumb luck yeah Wow. So what did you That's see cool. when you first saw a UFO? What happened? Uh, the, first, the, the first one was uh, there is about two dozen of us nine, ten-year-olds playing um, football out in the field. And the, must have been the, the late fall because it was, it was here in uh, western North Carolina. And one of us just kind of pointed to a, a, a silvery cigar-shaped thing in the sky. Classic. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just, so kind of, cool. just kind of sitting there above the the the, uh, the mountain ridge. I drive by there all the time and, and kind of, can kind of like eyeball about where I was and how big it was. Oh wow! Um, and and how fast it moved. And this is before like popular culture had really permeated my brain about what a UFO is supposed to look like or supposed to move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I trust my, um, my memory of it to, to an extent. Um, and so, so since then, of course you hear about cigar shaped things in the sky that, that are must be 150, 200 yards long, but move as fast as you could move a laser pointer. That's yeah. wild, man. I don't think I've ever been lucky enough to actually see a UFO or anything like that. I think it's a I think it's a different thing than ghosts though because because that's that's one thing that actually fascinates me me more than the idea of UFOs is that uh, my my wife can kind of see through the it seems like the the veil is thinner for some people than it is with others she's uh, she's exercised houses before not religiously but like talked to ghosts before and has an has an easier time with that. For me, I want it so bad, but it feels like there's, um, it's like, um, like jello mm-hmm. in between whatever that world is like yeah. so thick and so far away with others. It's just kind of like, it's just like, it's just right there. I hear a lot of things, but I've never seen anything. Like I hear it's bonking. Probably me after Mexican. Oh. <laughs> Man. Sorry to shatter your, your, your illusion there, kiddo, but. but- there was a, we do have one real good story about a ghost in our house. Tell it. So we've nicknamed her the crying girl because um, one day our, my mom woke up in the middle of the night and she heard someone like sobbing and it sounded just like my sister. So she woke my sister up and asked, hey, are you crying? And she woke up and she's like, no, I'm not crying. I haven't been crying at all. And so she came to me and she woke me up. I was like, no, I haven't been crying either. Yeah, there was no one crying, but she heard it. She, and it was like, like, yeah, like inconsolable crying kind of a thing. So, I didn't hear. It, but... Do you live out in the country? Could it have been like bobcats or something outside? Uh, we don't know. We actually live fairly close to a major highway. Mm-hmm. Um, there, because a... things in the wild, they kind of sound like crying. Mm-hmm. We get That's, foxes. Yeah, we get fo- like vixens a lot barking, but so I don't know. You get a fox that stands right outside. Yeah, she's half asleep, you know, we could have distorted her hearing, but and again, another thing with, with possible explanations, but you just don't know for sure. Cause I remember she told me she woke up and was listening for it for a few minutes just to like, make sure what she was hearing was what she was hearing. 
And then she, mm. it didn't stop. And it sounded like somebody was just sobbing their eyes out, like they were so sad. So then she that, went. I think a lot, a lot of times with the stuff we're talking about, that there, at least my brushes with the paranormal, there's, there's a mundanity to it that you don't trust what you saw or what you heard because it's so, there's no, there's no fireworks. Just like, Oh, I just saw a UFO, I guess, you know, there's, there's no like, it's just like, Oh, someone just walked across the room and there's no, I'm the only one here. Yeah. That just happened. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just like, and the AC came on too. Just like, it's like, yeah. is it, it's, mm-hmm. it's not cinematic. It's, it's yeah, no like fanfare. You, there's no there's no music yeah and, and that you almost don't trust what you see or what, what you hear mm-hmm. because it's like oh that that didn't happen because it's 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 not a big deal yeah like, a lot of the times with me it's something i'll hear or a feeling i get like i don't trust the attic or the basement i don't go up there or down there yeah, i get I really weird feelings about those or something i'll see out of the very corner of my eye i'll see a little shadow move and i'll be like oh, what happened but then it's gone so it's just you can almost, almost touch it, but it's not there. Yeah. This place that um, uh, a friend of ours had that, that needed some help with a, a spirit there, um, Krista used a, a pendulum, a yes or, yes or no pendulum. Okay. Could you answer? What? So the pendulum was the, the medium through which the spirit would answer questions? Yes or no. Yeah. Cool. Um, and and so she would ask, "Do you mind if we go in this room?" And it's always it always swung to yes, yes. And then she got to the basement and said, "Do you mind if we go into the basement?" And it swung no. And she said, "Okay, fine. We we won't. We're gonna. But I'm gonna keep walking around and I'm explaining the situation, the, the personal situation that was going on. Basically, it's okay. We're not trying to take your house, kind of a thing. Um, walked around and kept asking the pendulum." I think she asked again if she could go in the basement and again, there was a no. And later on, um, I was outside with my phone. Like I said, it's like, I, I really want evidence of this stuff. You yeah, know, Krista's yeah. Chris Chris more hands off and kind of just like, just cool about it where I'm not, I'm not cool about it. Which is probably <laughs> why <there's>... <laughs> but, but so I was taking video around and I, I noticed that there were windows in the basement from the outside. It's like, Oh, well, maybe this is a way I can kind of like trick whatever's in there and just like get some video a without having pole. <laughs> so well, yeah. So so I was I was taking video of uh the backyard and stuff, took six or seven short iPhone videos, went to the um basement and took one and realized the uh, the flash was on, so it was just it was just bright light and and uh uh did another one and uh I just held the phone up up to the window, and uh, when I got home, all the videos were there except the ones of the basement oh, through the mirror wow. through the through the window. Food chilling. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I mean, I got plenty of memory on the on the phone and everything. You know, it was just kind of just like real. I wasn't really thinking twice about it. I was like, oh, creepy basement. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't go in, but because you said not to, and I'll, I'll honor that, of course, you know. Um, but you didn't say anything about not <laughs> looking through the window. <laughs> said no pop, never said. Plus, no I looked pop. through, and there was nothing. It was just, it was just an old garage. It didn't really look like much, honestly. So yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't creepy or anything. But the video didn't show up on the phone. So, God, that's really, that's, that's really creepy. It's just so weird. 
So do you guys have any connections or do you ever write music based on your paranormal interests or experiences? Um, I, I definitely have like, I, um, have written, well, I've, I've like sort of made a lot of songs to me that were inspired by, uh, recordings of what people are saying are Bigfoot calls. Uh, so like, um, I have not brilliant. <laughs> I haven't sampled Bigfoot calls yet, but I mean, I feel like I want to, but what I, what I have done is I've made several songs where I was working with uh, synthesizers okay. and I made like weird sounds. And I was like, this sounds like um, some of these Bigfoot calls I've heard played back, you know, on Bigfoot shows. Okay. And so then I would like name the song after some kind of Bigfoot thing. Like for instance, there's a really one of the most famous Bigfoot call recordings is called the Sierra sounds. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the Sierra sounds. And I mean, so you've heard it, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's really weird. It is. And if it's real, uh, that's one, that's obviously one thing. If it's a fabrication, I give that person credit as like a noise artist. Yeah. <laughs> There's two of them across the creek at the big rocks. It's a hard act to follow. You sound like he talks to others and they talk to each other. Yeah. Oh, I did. I made a song that I called the Sierra Sounds, but with a Z at the end. And because I had done this thing with the synthesizer that I thought sounded like that. Todd Snyder is songwriter. I'm familiar with the name. Yeah. He's got, he's got a song. He, 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 half of his, his live albums are just him telling stories in between songs. And there's one about meeting Bill Elliott, the NASCAR driver. Oh, okay. and, uh, it, it, long, I don't want to spoil it for you, but, but it's, it's much like, it turns out it's a Bill Elliott imposter. And it's like it was meeting the real thing. Cause he was so good at it. And then he was just it was so profound. <laughs> Well, I was, was looking up some, uh, well, actually, I, I, I kind of interrupted here. Morgan, have you ever, have you written anything about cryptids or ghosts or anything like that? Yeah, I get, um, well, I mean, I was talking to Chris about this today and, and like my idea about it is pretty, is, is pretty broad. It feels like a lot of like, even just gospel music is kind of paranormal in a weird way ah. um, like um, the Battle Hymn of the Republic is, just seems otherworldly but yeah I, I wrote um, um, what's it called uh, 
I saw it with my own two eyes. I was going to say that. I was listening to that today, actually. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, the premise was seeing that UFO. But um, also reading the one I saw when I was when I was little. But but the the idea that um, I'd read somewhere that when the Spanish ships came ashore to uh, this continent, that a lot of people couldn't even see them because it was so um, it was it was so um, out of what they ever expected to see or had ever seen it was like ships that looked like that or that, that were that big or had, that were constructed like that. Right. That it was just, it was almost as like, I don't, I don't, does not compute. Wow. And it took, it took shaman or I don't know, musicians <laughs> to, to see, to see, to see them on the horizon. It's like, Oh, those are boats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something is like, or they're they're bringing like like gods in 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 silver silver suits on magical beasts, you know. It's like no, they were they were the Spanish, but but, but the the idea that 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 a lot of things maybe we we can't see. It's not just because we can't see that spectrum in, of light, but we just it's like we're not going to see that. Our mind's not going to let us go there. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. That brings up like a good uh, point that I always think about, about the paranormal is that like the, the paranormal is, is relative in that sense mm-hmm. to your experience. And like, like normality is relative. Yeah. So one way that I've heard the paranormal normal described that I like, and I, I think you guys might like this too, is that it's, science that we don't understand yet or, or reality that we don't comprehend yet. Just like, um, Morgan was talking about with the full sailed ships appearing before people who had never seen that. Right. Um, it's kind of the same thing. So the paranormal is just science that we haven't caught up to. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That definitely makes a lot of sense with UFOs and the like. Well, that also that, that does assume that whatever you're talking about is going to become um, um, taken for granted, like like, like the, the mountain gorilla was was considered um, a, a mythical creature until people actually saw one. But what are some things that have been proven to just not? these things don't exist. It seems you don't hear a lot of things. It's like science has figured out chupacabra does not exist. <laughs> you can't prove that, that something doesn't. This is a, it's actually not there. None of that is. I would say a good example for that, although proving a negative as is maybe not possible, but I'd say a good example for that with like cryptids is uh, Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. I don't think that many, um, it's different than Bigfoot. It's like Bigfoot debatable. He may still be out there. I'm pretty sure that most cryptid researchers probably don't think that Loch Ness monsters in there anymore. 
You think Loch Ness Monster is less believable than Mothman? Ooh. Ooh. We're going to circle. <laughs> well, every like Loch Ness Monster sighting we have so far pretty much has been debunked. So I think Mothman still holds just that much more believability because nobody's debunked any of the sightings yet. Fair enough. So, there's a really interesting thing with Loch Ness Monster. That's why I bring this up. Because of recent technology, and this is why I would think you might be able to say it's not there. They did something called eDNA, where they collected a bunch of water from Loch Ness, and they did a DNA technique to type out the species of animals that live in there. They didn't find anything weird. They just found the animals that you'd expect to live in that lake. Would that count animals that were... Is, is, uh, is Loch Ness... It does, does it flush? Does a river run into it? Does it, I mean, would it count creatures that could come in and leave? I do think that it can, I do think it connects to the ocean. So um, I do believe creatures can come in and leave. So it could be something that comes in to feed or mate and then. It could be. And that it would make be. sense if nobody's actually seen it. It could just be hiding somewhere else. Like an enormous freaking salmon. Something like that. I thought I thought there had been some some recent sonar of some some large creature in in Loch Ness recently. I haven't heard. Huh, I'm I'm not I'm not up on that one. Not either. I, you know I don't have any skin in that game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not big on Loch Ness. I'm fine if there is one or if there isn't one. It doesn't really affect me. <laughs> I think Loch Ness is big. Just big however, you know, I'm in Western North Carolina and. You know, I've got I've got kids to protect. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask you, Morgan? What's your favorite piece of Bigfoot evidence? Ooh, um, I have a personal evidence. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. So um, that would that would be it. And so I've got a a friend of mine who he and I have both seen uh, UFO before more as as adults. Um, but, but like, like I said, once you, once you see something like that, when I was a kid, it opens your mind to where like anything, well, fuck it. Anything's possible. Um, and I've got a friend who just is like, yeah, Bigfoot's real as shit. And would had, had communicated with, had even come to a, uh, point where he did, he was communicating when he would dream with this one particular one and has kind of coming come and gone between whether the things are um, good to be around or not good to be around or, or safe or unsafe. But anyway, I, uh, we went out into the, um, into a, one of his, his spots to where there's not a lot of people around there and kind of followed his, his kind of, he didn't have really rules about it, but he was like, I, he, he doesn't uh, plan on taking pictures and he's definitely not going to try to shoot it or anything and would, would leave, like offerings when, when he would go and they would, and they would be switched out when he came back, he would leave like, um, um, non-native fruits and vegetables, like a banana or, or something like that, or a quarter or I guess quarters aren't fruits, but <laughs> well, who knows? But anyway, so, so, so long, so, so long story, slightly less long. We went out camping and uh, not much happened. We weren't, we were being respectful and everything. No one else is around. It, it, it butts up against a, a, a national forest. 
and uh, tree knocks started happening about two o'clock in the morning. Loud enough to wake me up. Wow. And then, and then about every um, hour and a half after that, three or four more times. And it sounded like a, literally a Louisville slugger against a tree. Wow. In, in rhythm. It was like, knock, knock, knock. To where it, it was it's like, knock, 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 knock. It didn't sound like, like antlers or something like that, you know? Right. Oh, wow. It was a knock, knock. And then it would be over here. Uh, an hour and a half later, and then over there, an hour and a half later, until and uh, we were also being circled by owls the whole time. We we're getting closer and closer. Oh wow! Cool. The Sasquatches might just be recording their new song. <laughs> Sasquatch has good time. He does. He keeps you know, there's a there's a uh, one one of the hypotheses is that it's actually just like either hermits or moonshiners, just trying to just like there's like ooh monsters in the woods to scare just like get. <laughs> To scare people off of their 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 oh, property. That makes. I'd so never much, thought of that. That makes it so much less fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's like in every society, there's these these uh, boogeyman out out in the woods. Don't you know? If you go out in the woods tonight, you better not go alone. It's it's um, to into antiquity to where where you you don't want your kids to wander out into the woods, right? Because they, there are real monsters. They're called like. Mountain lion. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you, you don't want your kids walking through the woods. So you invent monsters for them, just like you invent Santa Claus. Yeah. That's like another one of those archetypes, like the the evil entity in the woods. And you're right; it's in it's it's uh it's cross cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, be hard pressed to find a culture that doesn't have. Some kind of story. It doesn't necessarily. The thing isn't necessarily described like a Bigfoot, but yeah. in, in many, many cases, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back so, then we 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 don't have to invent stories to keep kids out of the woods. We just say there's it's a meth lab back there. Don't go back there. <laughs> well, and they all have red eyes too. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> all right, I wanted to find out a little bit about paranormal. You guys' favorite paranormal music connection. I was looking up some some music, and there's some obvious songs. There's some awesome music that has paranormal references or about paranormal activity, like Creedence Clearwater Revival. It came out of the sky. That is a great song. Great song. And I don't know how to pronounce this. Tools, uh, Faip de Oyad. I don't know that one. That, okay, so that's got this recording of this guy on Art Bell's show where he is freaking huh, yeah. out <laughs> about the government. He, he learned something about some paranormal thing and the government's after him and he called Art Bell. And you guys should actually look up this story because what happened is in the middle of that call, like this, a satellite went down and it actually affected a whole bunch of radio stations and not, not just Art Bell's program. It, you know, and then he, he got cut off and they never connected back. So it's just a really weird, wow. weird story. 
Men in Black. Yeah. And then uh, there's always The Yeti by Clutch. That's just a yeah. badass song. So I did find another an, an album by a, a singer. I believe it came out in the sometime in the 60s. A guy named Don Jones. You guys familiar with this at all? Uh-uh. He wrote an entire album about Bigfoot. <laughs> wow. wow. And I have to check that out. It's, yeah. it's called uh, Big, Bigfoot, Northwest's Abominable Snowman. It's uh, the song titles here. The it's tra- side A starts off with Bigfoot. Bigfoot roams throughout his forest land, feet twice the size of a venom man. With the moon shining bright on a running stream, you can hear him yelling his mournful scream. The scientists believe he's a missing link. Some people say that he's extinct Others say something from a bad old dream But listen to Bigfoot's A mournful scream Bigfoot is a friend of all the wildlife band He feeds a little raccoon right Then it goes to Bigfoot and Little Willie White Cloud Then he watched the man And Little Bigfoot journey home and side A closes with a song called Shelter. Side B goes... Oh, it closes with Shelter? Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Side B starts with I Believe, and then it gets really weird because the second track is called Love Me Tonight. <laughs> then Mankind, Guess Who, and he wraps up the whole Bigfoot album with Unchained Melody. <laughs> weird. <What? laughs> weird. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's one I think anybody into Bigfoot needs to check out. The notes on Discogs. Unchained Melody. Yeah, <laughs> Unchained Melody. <What> the... <laughs> that's, a, that's a curious choice to end an album about Bigfoot with. That's genius. That's what the Bigfoot were playing on the trees. Maybe that's what the, the Sierra tapes were, were based on. Or maybe Unchained Melody was based on those. I don't, on, on, maybe Unchained Melody was based on some Bigfoot calls. Maybe the right... <laughs> Those are the ones where they kind of sounds like they call it the the samurai speech, where it sounds like there's samurai sp- speech. Yeah, they're yeah. speaking. It's it's really freaky. Really? It's real freaky. It sounds like they're speaking in Japanese really fast. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, all right, I gotta check yeah. that out. I gotta make a list. But the only note on the album is it just says it's an incredibly strange country record. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that. So, do you guys there's have a, there's a country record by this guy named Charlie Twiddle? called and uh, um what are they called like the the the, the space plow boys <laughs> and and, and uh, the ufo sightings it's earth 70s country Weird. oh cool yeah acid country yeah. josh you so, have any favorites yeah i thought of a couple so kind of like morgan said some christian themed songs have a paranormal edge and, and what first came to my mind with that was um the album Satan is Real by the Lubin Brothers. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty paranormal album. Satan is real, working in spirit. You can see him and hear him in this world every day. 
with power, he can tempt you and lead you. Yeah, and then my, another one I thought of was, and this is a lot like the Creedence song, there's a bird song, and I forget the name of it, but there's a bird song about getting abducted by aliens. I think it's on the album oh. Fifth Dimension. All right, well, we're talking, I'm going to look that up. And then the other thing I was going to say is that I think if I had to name my very favorite song about the paranormal, it's actually a song with no words, but I contend that it's about the paranormal. And that would be the, uh, the theme from Twin Peaks. Oh, man. Any, everything about anybody involved in that movie is paranormal. <laughs> yeah, so that, that song, the, the, the soundtrack LP from the, from the new series of Twin Peaks is, is one of my most listened to LPs since it came out. And, uh, you know, that score by Angelo Badalamenti, to me, is some of the greatest music about the paranormal. You and know, it doesn't even have any words. That, that's, you know, that's a really cool take. I never thought about that. You know, that, that reminds me of the idea that, like, like of course, I, an instrumental is, is probably the, 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 the most pure form of, of a song about the paranormal. And when you, you think about how music is, if you put it in with, with the idiom of like storytelling is like one of the, uh, the only art form that doesn't physically exist like a ghost. It, it's, um, it's told it's sung and that's it. You can put it on ski or cassette or whatever, but it, but it, it, it doesn't need to be painted. It doesn't need to be sculpted. It's just, it just is. Um, and then, and then the human voice, even more, more distilled, you don't even need an, an, an instrument to, to tell a story. And if you can tell a story in with, with a, with a, with a beat, then you've got some. <laughs> well, and so, so it's like, like, like songs about ghosts are kind of like, you know, songs about themselves. That, wow. So it's just super meta. <laughs> You can't put your arm around a song. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true. Man, that's, God, I kind of want to end on that, but I can't. Because <laughs> I haven't talked, I haven't talked Back about, around. we haven't talked about what you guys are up to lately. So Josh, you just. I want to I, I say uh, oh, yeah. Big, Big Joe and the Phantom 309 is a great song about uh, the paranormal. It is, uh, my favorite version is Tom Waits. Toss me down. Go on in there, son, and get yourself a hot cup of coffee on Big Joe. Yeah. I mean to tell you, when Joe and his rig pulled off into the night, man, nothing flat that was clean out of sight. So I walked into the stop. Well, I ordered me up a cup of mud. Say a Big Joe setting this dude up. Got so deathly quiet in that place. Yeah, got so deathly quiet in that place. You could have heard a pin drop. And as the waiter's face turned kind of pale, I said, What's the matter? Did I say something wrong? But I think Red Sovine does it too, trucker song. But it's also the basis for the character of Large Marge in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Nice. Oh, nice. wow. Yeah, I Big Jim in the Phantom 309. It's, it's, it's great. Ghosts. Ghost, uh, ghost trucker. Oh man, that's awesome. That's a, that is awesome. So uh, I, I had to get that up. Josh, tell me a little bit about 
the album that you've really recently released soft music for hard times. Cause I was listening to that today. That's really cool. And you've got some paranormal items on the cover of that album. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, on that album art, I did put an alien on there. Um, cause I'm always thinking about that stuff. Just the, the paranormal just kind of always is in my consciousness, you know? Okay. But, um, I guess that album, it's not, uh, it's not a new thing to say that like times have been a little bit emotionally hard to weather, uh, right. the past several months. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I thought that title of that album just came to me. Like I wanted to make some really kind of what I hoped was like kind of warm and in a sense, relaxing music. I'd been doing these yoga videos and they were soundtracked by this guy, Stephen Halpern, who is uh, in the eighties. He just put out tape after tape of new age music. Like, and it would, it would be called like music for meetings or music for commuting. And it's just like this pleasant kind of of electric piano or synthesizer music. And I was inspired by that conceptually, but, but not so much in terms of the way it sounds. Okay. for most of the album. Yeah. I just, I wanted to make an album that, and again, just hopefully felt a little bit like a bomb. And it did to me while I was making it, like to sit there and, and put it together made me feel peaceful for the time that it took. And so then I felt like at least in that sense, I accomplished the goal for myself. That's I've been listening to it a, a lot the past couple of days and it's really cool. I mean, it is, it's, it's very light. I mean, it's not heavy. It's, it's all instrumental and it's a really, really, I mean, I enjoyed listening to it at work, which is good, I guess, cause my job sucks. <laughs> so it made me feel yeah, you could- better while I was at work. That's for sure. something like that oh yeah and you've got i mean so it's eight tracks and there's this one the one is in particular that really hit me where the first few uh specifically soft music for hard times i don't even know how to pronounce the name of this it lower big quilcene river yeah lower big quilcene river okay yeah and then it's siren song so the first three are great i kind of caught myself not doing my job and just more listening <laughs> So <laughs> then I had to actively, oh, I appreciate that. then I actually had to physically make myself do my job. So thank you. Oh, thank sure. you. of course it, it's really uh, a really cool album. And Morgan, what, I know you've been working on some stuff. You were working on a lot of stuff before the quarantine just kind of shut everything down. What's, what's been going on with, uh, with your music lately? I've got a, uh, Christmas video coming up. <laughs> Ooh, can I be in it? No, no. <laughs> It's already done. They have already done. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas time and my sweet and baby's ho ho hoing around. It's 
brother and my sister and my pappy. I love to sing about the things that make her happy. It's Christmas time and my sweet baby. I don't know. You know, it's been a, a weird time. I, I was um, about probably two thirds of the way through a, uh, a finished record when, uh, you know, the ground kind of shifted. Yeah. With with COVID and everything, and and so as like I uh, I kind of stopped doing anything for for a little bit, just because for for lots of reasons, and I've recently gotten back into what I was reporting mainly for to try to regain a sense of normalcy. It's like this is what I was working on. The reason I wasn't because it's like it didn't make sense anymore. It's like this, none of this. Well, this everything's upside down now. So, like this doesn't make any sense. So my heart really wasn't in it until like it kind of came full circle to this kind of like place to where it's like, but you know what? I want that sense of normalcy, and, and it makes more sense than ever. In in that you know get the the wheels going back again. But there's also I was talking to a friend of mine about how this is like like how do you make yourself do it if no one's asking for anything. I'm like, it's not like I'm going to start touring or anything. So there's also that kind of like, well, why bother in the first place? Yeah. Degree? Which brings you back to a real, it's like you, you have to do a lot of kind of assessing of your priorities. It's like, well, why are you doing this in, in the first place? If, if you really don't, if, if, if you're not going to do it because no one's asking you to do it, then why were you doing it? Why are you doing it? <laughs> you know, okay. and, and coming, coming back to, to where I just I uh, I just liked like these songs, you know, as as opposed to just like, well, I'm gonna go tour. I want to go to I want I want to go tour Europe or something. I need a new record. Yeah, go write a record. You know, it, it's um, kind of putting the cart before the horse. It's nice to kind of get back to just like I just enjoy these songs, and so I'm finished up all the all the bass. I'm lucky I can record everything here, so everything is. Is going swell. Have you changed uh, anything about the songs since you st- went back to them after such a, a gap? Uh, I'm more confident playing the rest of the uh, rest of the instruments. I'm not going to farm it out anything else because I recorded everything in Albuquerque. Yeah, uh, a drummer and a friend of mine on on pedal steel, and was just going to just finish it with with a band just because it's the sometimes it's just the path of least resistance, and I like working with other people. It's nice you know, the chemistry, whatever people bring into it. But this has kind of forced me to work by myself and uh, I'm enjoying it. Well, that's good. It, it's just nice not that I'm not putting so much weight on making a record or anything for any other reason than it's, I just want to and, and, it, and it's fun. Uh, no one's, I mean, no one's really asking me to make a record. Hey, Morgan, <laughs> will you make a record? I think there are enough songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking. I, I've got 10 more songs to add to the giant heap of songs. Oh, my gosh. That have already been <laughs> by everybody else in the world. So, Josh. I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that comes off sounding pessimistic, it seems like. <laughs> well, it's hard yeah. not to be right now. Well, no, I mean, like, it's not. I've come to kind of a, 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 a zen about it all. I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts and just kind of like chilling out. Cool. Josh, are you working on some new stuff? right now well i haven't been recording anything real recently i mean i that that uh soft music for hard times just was came out a month ago i believe yeah so, but um i do have an a tape uh cassette release in the works with a, a label called eider down records out of seattle okay and the music's all done but i don't know the exact release date but it should be like sometime this winter oh. so i'm excited about that awesome 
it's kind of rare for me to release physical items or items on any labels. So, you know, most of my stuff is just self-released on Bandcamp. Okay. So this is a, this will be a, a little bit of a step up for me from anything I've done in quite a while as far as like the, that's concerned, but I, I don't have an exact release date yet. Okay. We're, we've been doing this for almost an hour at this point. Josh, where can people find your music? You said Bandcamp. Is there, is there anywhere else? Or um, Basically just Bandcamp, themodernfolk.bandcamp.com is uh, where you can find a number of my releases. And uh, yeah, that would be the best place. I, I'm, I'm also on Spotify. You could search The Modern Folk if you're more of a Spotify listener. I, I advocate for Bandcamp because it, it, it's better for artists. Not Not for me. I don't really make any money off it, but some artists are making their living off of Bandcamp during the pandemic and no artist is making their living off Spotify. So yeah, that's go to Bandcamp sure. if you can. Oh yeah. <laughs> and is there a social media presence? Uh, yeah, you could um, at the modern folk on Twitter. You okay. can find me. Excellent. Morgan, I know you're on Bandcamp. So what, where else can people find you? Where, where can they follow you and, and look for the uh, new album once it's, Ready to go. Uh, just Google Drunken Prayer. And Bandcamp Drunken Prayer. Go look, look for you on that. If you choose. <laughs> it's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm done with this well, episode. I mean, you know. You know. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bandcamp is, is, is the way to go. Guys, I appreciate you hanging in with me at the very beginning of this, trying to, trying to get these technical issues figured out but i think we had a i had a good time doing this and had a lot of fun and i definitely want well morgan this is not your first time on i definitely want you back josh we got to get you back on and thank you guys so much this has been a blast thank you have a lot of fun and roll tide It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.